Welcome to The Good Mood Show. This is the show where you will learn the best strategies to feel the good moods and good vibes we all love to feel. Now, here's your host, Matt O'Neill. So when I was in college, I changed my major many times. I ultimately decided I would get a degree in sales. I was one of the very top people in my sales class, and I was also the president of the sales club at my college. And because I had a lot of success and the professors liked me, I had my pick with most of the prestigious jobs that were around. Most of the sales positions wanted to interview me. Uh, And at the time, the best jobs were pharmaceutical sales reps. And uh, I remember clearly, I was interviewing with Pfizer, which is the largest pharmaceutical company in the world. Last year, they had $100 billion in sales in just one year. This company is massive, and they make so many drugs that influence all of us. My interview was going super well. I was saying all the right things. The interviewer had asking me questions. I was smiling. I was answering. I was talking about how I would really sell their products really well. And at the end of the interview, she asked me, well, hey, Matt, do you have any questions for me? And, you know, I had a moment of conscious clarity. And I, I didn't know if I could ethically do that job. And I asked her, what if I find out one of these drugs that I'm, that I'm pushing on doctors and doing my job really well is causing harmful side effects for the people who take them. Her entire tone changed. It's like her face went totally blank and the interview ended immediately and I didn't get a call back for a second interview. I was ushered out of that room so quick. You know, and and today we are gonna talk with one of the world's top functional medicine doctors, Dr. Jack Wolfson. Jack has an entire take on this coming from the medical field, and now he is—he's—he's he's a five-time winner of the Natural Choice Awards for holistic medical doctor, and his book, *The Paleocardiologist*, has over 700 five-star reviews on Amazon. is considered one of the best books written on medical freedom. Without further ado, we're going to welcome him to the show, Dr. Jack. Welcome to the Good Mood Show. Thanks so much, Matt. It's a uh, joy to be here. I'm in a good mood. I'm up in the mountains of Colorado as we speak. Just got a major sm- uh, snowfall, so hopefully I'll be skiing this weekend with my kids, uh, potentially my wife. So life is good. Thank you so much again. Oh, yeah, I love it. I, I lived in Colorado after I graduated college and didn't get that job at Pfizer. When, uh, when, I, didn't, when I didn't land a job there, I went out to uh, Boulder, Colorado, and then we would ski Vail and uh, Beaver Creek and Breckenridge and Keystone and Arapaho Basin. I freaking love it. And I, I love skiing. I'm so jealous of you right now. But you know, uh, the reason that I really wanted to have this conversation with you is that it is a lot easier to be in a good mood when we're healthy. And I know that there's a lot of times when I'm sick or have low energy that I'm pretty grumpy. And so I would assume that people that are uh, that are unhealthy because of maybe faulty medical advice, that their mood's probably pretty down. You know, how is it that that maybe these pharmaceutical companies are controlling our health and manipulating these doctors? What's going on there? Yeah, your points are well taken. I'm very familiar with the pharmaceutical industry. I would say that I was born into it. My father was a cardiologist and I became a cardiologist uh, like him. You talk about the money aspect of Uh, why things are controlled the way they are. I remember back in 1988 when I was in high school and uh, we took a family trip 
to Hawaii and we all flew to Hawaii, stayed in a beautiful hotel, did all the excursions, all the meals, all the beverages, everything 100% was paid for by Merck Pharmaceuticals. My father spoke for one hour and the whole thing was paid in comp. So you can see how doctors are manipulated by the industry and you as a potential pharmaceutical representative, if you're not willing to support that $1.5 trillion industry, well, then you're quickly going to be weeded out of their process. And ultimately what happens is, is that the medical doctors are, are in, indoctrinated really into the pharmaceutical world. So it's really the only approach that they utilize. And because of that, people are left feeling that they there's nothing they can do about their illness. They'll be labeled as genetic issues or we don't know and, and family history. And therefore, all you can do is take the pharmaceutical. But the reality to health and wellness is totally different. And I, I can't wait to share more information with everyone here. Yeah, I know. And you've made some claims. You know, one of your claims is that millions are sick because of these incorrect health approaches. And, and another is, is that many traditional doctors have just basically become legalized pill pushers. You know, I know these are good people. It, doctors are good human beings. They got into the profession to help people. How did it get to this? Well, really, it started in the early 1900s where the uh, medical community was taken over by uh, the Rockefeller Foundation and what's called the Flexner Report. So that's in the literature if somebody wants to just Google, uh, you know, Flexner is how the, the Rockefellers and the oil industry uh, took over the pharmaceutical industry and therefore medical education uh, came under that umbrella of really being pharmaceutical driven. Prior to that, it was all about uh, true health and wellness and true happiness. That we are born to be healthy. We are born to be happy. And if we're not healthy and not happy, there is a reason. And the reason is not pharmaceutical drug deficiency. If you are unhealthy, if you are unhappy, there are many reasons for that. And unfortunately, yes, you're talking about very intelligent people, but they are born into the industry. It is unfortunate because for the people who are listening to, to grasp the fact that the medical doctors don't get it, they don't get common sense. You say, how can someone so smart not understand what real health and happiness is, but it's just the way it's been since uh, the last hundred years. Yeah. And, you know, one of the chapters in your book is titled One Nation Under Prozac. You know, talk with me about Prozac and, and why is that a big issue in the world today? Yeah, well, I, I talk about in that chapter that we know that mental health plays a big part in not only cardiovascular health and longevity, but, but total longevity. We know that people that suffer with anger, anxiety, stress, depression, social isolation, which has become huge over the last few years, we know that those people have a much higher risk of cardiac disease, things like heart attacks and strokes, also heart rhythm problems such as atrial fibrillation and uh, cancer and dementia. And, so we and, need to and not, to not to mention they're, they're not happy and they're not in a good mood. Well, certainly, I mean, if you're suffering with anger, anxiety, fear, worry, you are an unhappy person by, by definition. And of course, the answer is not a happy pill, such as Prozac allegedly is. So people are not deficient in Prozac. People are deficient in our method, which I created called Eat Well, Live Well, Think Well. 
And as we improve on all those things, that's the answer. The answer is never going to be at your doctor's office with a prescription. It's just not going to happen. And if you're listening to this, it's very important to work with a healthcare practitioner who looks at root cause. So if you are suffering with emotional issues, uh, mental issues, uh, to kind of use that particular label, you need to figure out why. You need to figure out why very quickly. And there are answers. and, And we've seen that very often. Yeah. And, and, you know, and of course, we're not going to downplay at all. Sometimes, sometimes people really are struggling and are feeling hopeless or are feeling depressed. And they, and they, you, if you need help, get help. Uh, and as, as Dr. Jack is describing to us, it, it most likely there's not an easy pill to those, to those answers. And I, you know, the reason I really wanted to talk with you was about this whole concept that you have, which is eat well, live well, think well, to a hundred year heart and a hundred year life. And, and I would assume to a very happy hundred year heart and happy hundred year life. Let's get into the answers here. So out of eat well, live well, and think well, where would you like to start? Well, the, and, and let me, before we even get into to that, and maybe we'll do, we will go in order on this, but you know, I do want to say, listen, God bless the men and women who work in emergency rooms and trauma centers. Um, there is a time and a place for emergency medicine and for people who, for example, if someone is, is, is suicidal, like that person may need urgent medical intervention. But the goal always is to get off of the pharmaceuticals as quickly as possible with the help of a holistic practitioner. The, uh, you know, when we suffer from a heart attack, how do we prevent another one? Well, the answer to prevention is not pharmaceuticals. The answer to prevention is through that lens of eat well, live well, think well. So whenever someone comes to me with any particular medical condition, and it may start off with cardiovascular, but yeah, they're, you know, they got anxiety or yes, they've got skin issues or yeah, they suffer from uh, maybe mild depression or sometimes uh, uh, something called like dysthymia, so they don't qualify for total depression diagnosis or cyclothymic disorders, which is kind of like a mini variant of a bipolar manic depression. But nonetheless, these all have reasons. And so if we start off with the concept of eat well, live well, think well, and we dive into eat well, I want to give people some foods to really focus on to eat more of. Number one is wild seafood. So Wild salmon, sardines, anchovies, clams, oysters, shrimp, lobster, crab, salmon roe, the fish eggs. So what these foods are is they are extremely high in omega-3 fats. And people with the highest levels of omega-3 as measured in the blood at the lowest risk of mental health issues, emotional issues, and of course, cardiovascular issues and, and everything else. Wow. Because our ancestors used to eat a lot of seafood and most people do not. Yeah. What about, what about omega-3 supplements? Like in, do do those help like fish oil supplements or even omega-3 gummies? My preference would be to eat the seafood first, second, and third. I'm okay with it, but my preference is eating the seafood first. Yeah. And I, and I love that, you know, it it seems kind of like, oh, I'll just go ahead and change my diet and then I'll be happy. You know, it seems a little far-fetched. And, and yet, uh, you know, there, I can't remember who said it, but somebody very famously said, let food buy, be thy medicine. And, um, 
And, and so it, it, I totally agree. If our brain is not functioning optimally, well, then how could we expect our brain to give us the happy chemicals and happy responses that we want to have a happy life? Yeah, you got to give your brain and your total body the tools it needs to get the job done. So uh, there are many reasons why people are unhappy these days. Many, many, many reasons. And we can dive into into those. I, I, but, I, feel, I feel the most unhappy when I'm extremely exhausted, when I'm tired. It's, it's the hardest for me to be my happiest self when I'm exhausted and when I'm tired. And I was on a uh, vegetarian diet for months. And, uh, and I was working out extremely hard. I had lost a ton of weight and I was constantly exhausted. And, uh, I since have changed my diet and, uh, have got a lot more energy. I've put on eight pounds. I feel like a stronger version of myself. I also feel like a much happier version of myself since I've changed my diet. And, you know, of course I brought back wild seafood. Hey, I know you love being in good moods, so be sure to hit subscribe so you get a good mood every single week. And head over to goodmoodshow.com and sign up for our newsletter where you're gonna get a good mood in your email inbox with videos and extra tips from this week's guests. And I know you know someone who could use this episode, so share it, share on social or text someone who could use this message today. And so, so you, we have two other pieces of this. The next is live well and the last is think well. And when you say live well, what are the factors there that, that lead us to happiness without pharma, the need for pharmaceuticals and, and really a longevity of, of life? Yeah, well, well, live well starts with sleep. Uh, sleep is, is absolutely paramount. We are uh, diurnal beings. We are follow circadian rhythms, and we've done that since the beginning of human existence. Uh, God said, let there be light uh, from the darkness. So there was darkness, there was light. And that was the cycle that started whenever it started. But that's the way it was in whatever version of the story you believe in, biblical or not. But we need to get that quality sleep. Our ancestors went to sleep shortly after the sundown. And they woke up before the sunrise. They watched the sunrise. And then they watch the sunset, and then, of course, they would go to bed. So the more we work in with that, the better our lives are going to be, our brain function is going to be. When we sleep appropriately, we repair our bodies. We repair our brains, repair our heart, repair everything. So it is paramount that all that stuff uh, happens while we sleep. And then when we awake... Uh, and let me just say this real quick, is that watching technology at night when it's dark out is highly detrimental to our brain and brain function. So please take a look at that, trying to minimize that. And there's other you know, nuanced strategies in that arena. Sleep is, is absolutely critical. If you're not sleeping, you're in trouble. Your brain is not going to be happy. You're not going to find happiness, like you mentioned before, when you're chronically tired, dietary induced or not. You know, so we got to be really careful, you know, with with that. And the next thing we need to do is when we wake up, we want to get outside. We want to get sunshine. Uh, sunshine is is just pure happiness, no matter if it's cold, if it's hot. The more time we spend outside, the longer we live. We create vitamin D. We make nitric oxide. We improve our melatonin levels, so we sleep better. It all, everything in the body works together. Yeah, so, the, lo the logo for the Good Mood Show is a shining sun. It really is. I mean, everybody feels better when they're out of the sun in the sunshine. Everybody feels better when they're outdoors. Everybody feels better on, on a camping trip. 
uh, when they're out in nature or they're walking on at the on beach. The, at the right. beach. Or, I mean, or yeah, on a bright bluebird day on the on the ski slopes in Colorado. I mean, yeah. Yes. <laughs> the the long, you know, I mean, the more time we spend outside, the healthier and happier we are. Uh, next, I want to tell people again about movement, physical activity. It could be just going out for a walk twice a day, a hike, a bike ride, something you enjoy. Physical activity should be fun and, and enjoyable. Like I love mountain biking. You know, the summers here in Colorado, I love stand-up paddleboarding and kayaking. Uh, do I spend some time in the gym uh, uh, and working out? I do. Uh, but the majority of the time, I really focus on being outdoors. That's great. So, so really the big three there, and it's for you, it starts with sleep is, uh, make sure that we're sleeping, make sure we're getting outside and getting sunshine and then make sure we're getting physical activity. How much physical activity would you recommend for our average person that wants to feel really good? Yeah, I think at a minimum, just start with, you know, with going for a walk. I mean, just going for a walk you know, in the morning, a walk in the noontime, a walk in the afternoon, just getting outside, I think is good. If you can, the, be the best evidence-based activity is your know, high-intensity interval training, uh, which sounds pretty daunting to people, but it really is kind of, you know, ancestral or paleo-esque, if you will. Our ancestors, they'd uh, you know, chase after, you know, each other, chase after food. They would build shelter, uh, carry food, carry each other, wrestle with each other. So it was a lot of high intensity uh, activity. I think that's probably best than, you know, going on a treadmill and, uh, you know, doing a, a walk for 45 minutes at, you know, 3% incline when you got your earbuds in and you're around all the tech and chemicals and Wi-Fi. Uh, I think we're better off, uh, you know, with without that. Just getting outside in nature. Uh, I, I can tell you that there's data on tree hugging, uh, and you know that as well. Just going outside and being in nature, there actually is some value to that energy connection. Standing barefoot, all that is important. Now, the flip side, all this stuff inside of living well is all of the different man-made toxins uh, that are out there. And I think that if I'm uh, suffering with emotional and mental wellness issues, then I'm thinking, what's my environment like? Are there toxins or contaminants? And the first one I would look for is is mold or bacterial growth from water damage. That is a monumental crisis. Those toxins from the molds get into our, our bodies and in our brains and wreak havoc. The most famous mold mycotoxin everybody's heard of is called penicillin. It is a toxin released from mold that kills bacteria and probably doesn't help out humans too much. So we want to make sure that we're living in a healthy, safe uh, environment uh, in, in many different ways. But looking at all of the things, quite simply, whatever you bring into your home, is it natural or not? If it's not natural, if it's poison, don't bring it in. And then finally, I, I'm a big fan of chiropractic care for all things health-related, including brain health. And I'm a big fan of holistic dentistry. And that kind of wraps up everything inside of living well. That's a lot. It's a lot, but it, you know, I, and you, and you can tackle this one thing at a time, you know, uh, and I, and I have, you know, I've, I've looked at the, the care products that I used in the morning and said, okay, it, am I putting toxins on my body with the deodorant I use or the, the toothpaste I use? Uh, what kind of soaps am I using? What kind of lotions are we using? Are, are we, are they paraben free? So uh, there's a lot that you've said there and you can one at a time start to look at the things that are touching your body and touching your environment and, and clean it up. And that will improve your mood. So the last one and possibly the most important one is think well. And, and what's your recommend, recommendations on thinking well for health and for moods? 
Well, thinking well uh, is is really number one. It starts with the understanding that if you're not thinking well, your physical health can certainly suffer. And when I think about the most important things to think well, uh, it's it's kind of this multi pronged approach. And uh, I would say the first thing that we're going to look at uh, is going to be our self acceptance, our self acceptance, our self worth. Uh, uh, loving ourselves, you know, looking in the mirror and say, you know, I, you know, I love you. 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 Uh, and whatever kind of mantra you'd want to say, you know, you're worth it. You know, I am worth it. I am worth it. I am worth it. I am worthy. I am worthy. Those kind of, rep, you know, repetitive things I think go, go a long way. So self-acceptance, gratitude for the stuff that we have, being very thankful for the things, for our, um, uh, for our, our, the good things in our life and the experiences that we've had that maybe not be, uh, you know, so good, but, you know, blessing those things and moving on. I you think know, it's important I, to have a strong... I want to I slow down just for a moment there, Dr. Jack, because you, you started with this idea of self-love and self-compassion and self-acceptance. And, I, you know, I, I could already feel myself becoming uncomfortable looking at myself in the mirror and saying, I love you, I love you, I love you over and over again. And yet... Why is that uncomfortable for us? What, why, it, why is it so hard for us to just love ourselves and accept ourselves? And, and obviously, if we did that, we would be in a much better mood. Yeah, I think you know, one thing is that no, most people have never done that. You know, most people never take the time for that kind of self-care. And uh, I try and do it every morning. And I would say in general... Uh, I am very blessed and I, and I am a quote unquote happy person. But even still, that idea of we all have our ups and downs. And just as a reminder, like whoever you are and you're looking at the mirror, you know, to love yourself and appreciate yourself for what you have and what you are and what you're capable of and what you're going to do in the future. So often, though, so often we look in the mirror. I can I can talk about myself and in my my thoughts are. I could be doing more, right? Or, hey, I messed up on that. Or, hey, what what happened yesterday wasn't good enough. And, you know, my thoughts are not always as I am looking in the mirror about how much I love myself, how much I accept myself. You know, it's like this, we always want to be improving. We always want to be doing better, accomplishing more. So I think that's really what gets in the way of self-acceptance and self-love is this desire to be more perfect than we are. Uh, I, and I totally agree with you. There is always that desire, but and, and we can always strive to improve. But we need to circle back and love ourselves for what we are, what we've done, you know, where we came from. You know, one thing it's kind of like uh, uh, I love this way of thinking about it. Every single person in the history of the world was born a winner. What does that mean? You were born a winner. So no matter what your lot in life has been, you were born a winner because you won the race against 100 million plus other sperm from your father that impregnated your mother. So out of one in a, in, in a hundred million, you were that one. You were the one who came here, and that makes you something very, very, very special. 
Now, there may be people who are smarter. There may be people who are more athletic. There may be more people who are more attractive. But you are a winner, and you have to remember that. And I think that's uh, that's a great way to look at things. I, I love it. Yeah, one in 100 million. Man, and, it, and it's even greater chances than that. I, I, I don't know the math on it, but uh, I remember I watched a keynote and the person said, the odds of you being here are one in, in billions. That, that, that the fact that your dad and your mom and the grandparents and like all of this happened and you, you get to be here today, it's like unfathomable what the chances are. You're a winner because you're here. And another way to think about that is, hey, God wanted you to be here. You know, he, if he, if he didn't, if he didn't love you, you wouldn't be here. So just the fact that we're alive and we're here, God is blessing you and saying, I want you here. So then we need to want ourselves to be here too, just the same. No doubt about it. I mean, yeah, there are truly an infinite number of combinations that put you to where you are right now at this moment, as you listen to this, you know, podcast. And you can say it was all random, infinite number of combinations, or you can say it was purely the divine. And I certainly think the the divine uh, makes a lot more sense uh, to me. But, um, you know, and that takes us into, you know, the, the spirituality you know aspect of things. When people have spirituality, they tend to be happier people. When people have a sense of community and finding your tribe and your friends and your family that you resonate with and working with those who you don't, uh, and then if you cannot come to a commonality, an area of happiness, then excusing those people from your life, you can bless them for your previous uh, experiences with them, uh, positive and negative, but you will just have to move on, uh, you know, at this time. I think both of those are really important points. And, and I, and I, you know, I, I love just going slow because you're being so profound. Uh, I, there was a time I, I was raised in a, in a Christian home. And then there was a time in my 20s that I veered away from it. And, and then I, and I would look at people with a really strong faith and I'd say, man, they are so happy. They, they, they're not that smart. That's how I thought, but man, they're so happy. And then, uh, into my thirties, I came back into an extremely strong spiritual belief system. And, uh, and it is a much happier place to be knowing that everything actually is guided and that there, that there is a greater meaning to all of this than just random science. Uh, yeah. And it, it, I mean, otherwise you, you think, oh, I'm going to die and go in the ground. And what was the point? That's a pretty bleak outlook on everything. Yeah, I would uh, echo those sentiments as well. And I guess if someone was to ask me, would you rather be happy and perceived as unintelligent or perceived as un- uh, perceived as very intelligent, but miserable? I will definitely choose the former. Oh, you I've know known me. plenty of people. I got the I got the good mood show. I'd much rather be happy and a little less intelligent. I don't care who who wants to label it. I'm having a good time, right? And that's what what else are we here for rather than to just just enjoy it? Well, of course there's many things making a big difference in the world like you're doing. You know, and I I know you went from spirituality. What was the other point? I I loved it. So you were talking yeah, about and, and I will say listen to me. I've worked with some very, very, very intelligent medical doctors, cardiologists, uh, who were absolutely miserable. And I would never trade places, you know, with those people uh, ever. Um, and I think, you know, ultimately, too, is that, uh, you know, the, the the security, whether it's financial security, feeling secure and safe in our relationships and our home and our environment is important, um, you know, certainly as well. But if I can give someone like tips and strategies, it's like turn off 
Turn off the fear channels. Understand that when you're watching mainstream media, they are there to keep you glued. They're keep, there to keep you fearful. They're there to impair your ability to sleep, impair, impair your ability to think critically. And then when you have those those cognitive you know disorders now they're there to sell you the pharmaceuticals to take care of all those things the mm. sleepers the anti-anxiety meds and then how that also manifests uh in the blood pressure for example or other things so um you know just un- if, if i can give people two bits of advice stop uh with technology as much as possible Control the things you can control. Stop with the technology and just getting outside. Whenever you're down and out, get outside. Great strategy. I had a I had a guest uh, earlier this year named Alex Korb, and he wrote the book The Upward Spiral. And I've always remembered what he said. He's he, and he helped people who are suffering from depression. And he said, "You will never meet someone who's training for a marathon that's depressed." And he, and he said, for the same reasons, they're outside, they're exercising every day. And then because they're outside and they're exercising every day, their mood is elevating, but they're also working towards a goal. They're working towards a future. And, um, and I thought that was great advice, but man, Dr. Jack, this has been such an enlightening conversation. There are people that I'm sure are just going to really resonate with you. Hopefully we've changed some lives on, on living well, eating well, and thinking well. How could people get in touch with you and learn more? Uh, let me let me expand on what you said real quick, because I just want to hammer that home with people like marathon runners. Uh, yeah, having that sense of purpose is is critical. And, and that's, you know, part of that thinking well process. So that sense of purpose, like, what am I here for? What am I here to do? And is it change the world and end the number one killer cardiovascular disease, like my goal is? Uh, or is it to be a better uh, father, grandfather, uh, mother, you know, daughter, you know, uh, uh, friend, uh, a better uh, observer of, of God, a better uh, steward of the environment? Like, like, what are you here for? Finding that purpose, that passion, uh, like the marathon runner, sending those kind of goals. And I love also the idea of always having a vacation in uh, planned for some time in the future. And it doesn't matter if you know, you've paid for your plane tickets or you know what hotel you're staying at, you just know that sometime in the next couple of years, you're going to be going to the Caribbean and you're going to be staying at a hotel with good food and on the beach and in the sand and relaxing and enjoying mm. yourself. That sounds you're so gonna nice. You're going to be doing something. I think it's, it, it automatically puts someone in that parasympathetic tone, a little bit better state. So that future casting, but find your purpose, put something out there again, some, just know at some point in the future, you're going to do, you know, your dreams and hopefully you can materialize that sooner than later. Uh, people want to find me, my website's naturalheartdoctor.com, all spelled out, naturalheartdoctor.com. Somebody wants a copy of my book. Uh, the book is free. All you do is pay shipping, uh, freeheartbook.com. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I appreciate, uh, appreciate everything you're doing, Matt, as well, for having me on. Uh, there's so many people who are out there, they're struggling, but please understand there are, there are answers for you. And there are people like Matt, like myself, other guests that Matt interviews who really want to help you. Uh, so, so please don't hesitate to reach out. 
Awesome. But Dr. Jack, it's been enlightening and uh, I feel better just having this conversation. I'm looking to get a little healthier after talking with you and hanging out with you. I know you need to go hit the slopes with your family. So thanks for being here. And guys, thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of The Good Mood Show with Matt O'Neill. For free resources, videos, and materials about getting into your best moods, head over to thegoodmoodshow.com. See you next week. Same time, same place.